Talk Recorded live. From your, uh, where, where is Edmonton? Isn't that at the other end? Yeah, it's in the middle. Just before B- BC. Just before BC? All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, we spoke on that uh, 13-hour call there with Carl's while I was delivering fuel. Very nice. No, I've seen I've seen your handle, Eric seventy seven, quite a few times. Yeah. yeah, I donated to you too. I appreciate that. I always yes. appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, no, I like what you do and uh it's the only way I can uh sort of help. Well, it's you know I help a lot of people out for free. And 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 uh, every now and then I run across somebody who's got quite a bit of cash, and and they keep calling and they want you know they want more help, more help, more help. And I'm like, dude, you know, what are you giving back to society? I'm giving all the time. <laughs> you know, what are you giving back? I mean, can you send me five bucks? You said you love my website. You haven't sent me anything yet. I've been on the phone with you for three days. <laughs> yeah, that's so, why I help out, right? Yeah, people I mean, who really I'm, need it. Yeah. So with Carl and Mike you know. and Larry. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Really appreciate it. Yeah, I'll uh send I'll send you something this week there when I get paid again. That's awesome. I mean I'm gonna keep going either way, you know, as my schedule that's a, allows, but, but I That's amazing. It. You have the time to help people and uh this is the only way I can help help, right? Yeah. Oh, it all works out, right? Yep, yep, same with Carl. I'm sure he's 24-7 on his phone, too, helping people out, yeah. flying here and there. Yeah, he's, uh, we, we were talk, We were supposed to leave for California this week, this weekend. Oh. But I decided I'm not going to go. I'm going to, I want to move to Minnesota. And Yeah, uh, did I you find a piece that you like? Well, yeah, I found a 120-acre farm. Uh, it's got a seventy-two, a seventy-four by thirty-two barn and a thirty-six by seventy-six Quonset hut and a two-stall detached garage and a uh, four-bedroom, one and a half bath house. And it, I mean, the stuff—it looks like it was built, you know, five, six years ago. I mean, it looks almost brand new. And uh, nice. Two hundred and forty-nine thousand dollars. I mean, I ain't got the. Oh, you can't go wrong it. with that. No, the property taxes are twelve hundred dollars a year. Around here in New Hampshire, that that'd be going for a million dollars, and the property taxes would be running eight to twelve thousand. It's insane. Crazy. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I, there's no way I'm sticking around here. The roads are tight. Yeah, I I, I was looking uh, on Google Earth. I was actually showing Ed this uh, this guy's driveway right off right off the highway. Yeah, uh, on US uh, 169. Yeah, you, you, it, I was doing I was doing 80 miles an hour coming back from uh, Minnesota, going down 169, and you know some dude was coming out to check his mail. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you, you just live. You know, if you buy land off the highway, that's it. You just put in the driveway and you pull in. You don't you don't need the state's permission. I mean, it's just so cool being out there. The water, the lakes, the, the everything. It's just beautiful. It's just. I'm glad you're excited really, about really it. Cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a good time. So is it a sealed deal? No, no, no. I'm just uh, right. What I'm actually looking for is 
is a uh, just a room to rent for six months, while uh, so I can get out there and just start looking at land. But I just haven't oh. come across this this property. Um, I ain't got that kind of money. But uh, right. I mean, once I'm out there, if I can find two or three guys that want to go in on the place, and we could all move in together, and you know, everybody's working, everybody's got stuff to do. Um, yeah. Yeah, we can we can just find a place, but I got to get out there and make some friends and and uh, set that up. So for now, I'll just I'll just find a place and uh, do some traveling and get to see the uh, the, the landscape and, and check out because Minnesota's got three real distinct landscapes. It's got the it's got uh, mountains way up north in the, in the north uh, the the northeast part of it, and then it's got the uh, the fields. I forget what you call them. Yeah, the, the wetlands. Uh, okay. Through, through Upper Minnesota, and then when you get down lower, it's uh, prairies and hardwood forests, and so it's got a real different landscape. I'm I'm pretty familiar from being there for two months, uh, June and July this year, with the with Upper Minnesota, uh, north of Duluth, but I'm not familiar at all with the lower part. So I want to go check that out. Uh, either way, it, it's beautiful out there. Excellent. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, just, I found out I was six hours from where Dean Clifford uh, from Winnipeg. When I oh, was, really? Uh, okay, so straight yeah. down then. Nice. Yeah. Oh, good, good. So how far are you from uh, Winnipeg? Uh, uh, full province. Okay. So it'd probably be about uh mm, twenty hours maybe. Oh, that's a or nice. less. Oh less. Yeah. yeah, a little less. Yeah. I think Alberta to get across it is uh well where I'm at anyway, is about uh eight hours. You can get across uh, Alberta. Nice. Yeah, it's not bad. It's a ride. It's, uh, it's, it's, it took me 30 hours to get out to Minnesota. And wow. I was eh? able to, yeah, I was able to get back in about 27, 26, 27. It, it was it was last. I didn't sleep on the way. I might have done it in 25. I don't know. But, yeah, uh, but you was, don't sleep, right? Booking. So. No, I, I drove straight through. I got up in the morning on on Tuesday, and and I was here. Uh, I was here Wednesday morning. The most I ever drove in a car was twenty six hours straight. Yeah, no, I've done that. I had to stop. And I've, yeah. I've worked a full day. Uh, worked a full day in Boston, and then get out of work, pack my stuff, and four or five hours later went to Florida, and, and never stopped till I was in. Uh, in Tampa Bay. <laughs> it, it's a huh, advantage. I've got narcolepsy, so yeah, I yeah. sleep easy. And uh, oh, you do? So I, tri- I do, yeah. And so I learned. I thought you didn't over, sleep. Well, I learned over the years how to stay awake no matter what. You know, my life depends on it. <laughs> yeah, I'd say. Yeah, so I. Uh, it's just it's been a real advantage, you know, because it's it, it, it's a good skill to have. 
And I've also learned how to sleep on demand. If I decide I'm going to sleep, there ain't nothing keeping me awake. I won't let nothing into my head. And wow, eh? It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's it's a really good discipline to have. <laughs> so what's uh, what's going on with you? You got anything you wanted to talk about? Uh, no, I like listening and uh, interjecting and putting my two cents in. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Mike had a good call uh, Monday night. Yeah. We were talking about Vital's uh, brother's case. Oh. Vital? Yeah, Vital. Carl, yeah, that's, that's good. Carl calls him Vittles. Yeah, Vittles. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like Vital. He's a good guy. Yeah. Mike's uh, actually, I'm going to look up his uh, talk soon so I can. Get it on this recording. Uh, my website? All right, my website's uh, dot org. I'm gonna go there so I can get details. Uh, I mean, Mike's call. Whoops. I can't even find my own website. All right, on my on my website is a button at the top that says "Talks You in the Archives." Talks You in Archives, and if you click on that, uh, you scroll down and you'll see the Carl's call. Uh, he doesn't do them anymore, but uh, his calls are you know the archives are still there, and so you go to talksyou.com and then you hit Carl's ID is one two seven four six nine. That's where his his calls are archived. Mike does his call on went on Monday nights at 7 p.m. Uh, I think he's been starting a little bit later recently, but his call ID is 133802. And then I'm here on Wednesday nights, uh, 134084 at and, uh And you can get on here by phone, like you know, a lot of you guys are. You can just dial in. Uh, you, if you go to TalkShoe.com, you, you can see the phone number there. And you can just dial in. Well, you don't have to get on in your computer if you're if you just happen to listen to this recording. Um, I don't know if there's anybody on here. I know Debbie wanted to talk, and uh, there's there's uh, some other. There's two other. Rebecca, I think, is from New Boston. But, um, I don't know if she's on here or not. But uh, and then there was one other person. Uh, oh, a friend of mine from Nashua. Uh, supposed to come on. I, so I don't know if anybody's got anything specific to talk about, but you know. And if you do, please just jump in. Just ask. Start asking questions because that's what I do. Just answer. You know. So um, meanwhile, for those of you who haven't uh, been on, haven't been around for a long time, uh, etymology online is a really good place to go to study words. And the reason words are important is because they don't mean what you think they do. And when you're dealing with law, law is expressed. It's not implied. If it says blue, it does not mean green. It does not mean aqua. It means blue. And that's it. And so in law, you have to, you have to read the law and know what the law is. Now, the law and the statutes, codes, and ordinances are not the same. We talk about law, but what we're actually talking about is statutes, codes, and ordinances. Law is what God says. It's not changeable. It is what it is. 
what man says is subject to opinion and changes like the wind, and that statutes, codes, and ordinances. And if you look at Article 38 of the New Hampshire Constitution, which is where I'm at, I know you guys are spread out through, well, I mean, I see Janine's on here. She's from Australia. But, I mean, there's people here from all over the world from, from various states, and the purpose of government is the same wherever you go. Okay, people get together and form governments to protect themselves from bad people, to secure their property, to secure their rights, to, you know, to, for protection. And uh, they form communities to help each other out during bad times. You know, if somebody gets hurt, somebody's farm is burning down, you know, everybody runs over with, with you know, their horse wagons and buckets and whatever. So you know, that's what communities are for. That's the purpose of government is to secure rights, protect property, and here in New Hampshire, the Constitution at Article 38 of the Bill of Rights is, ver is real specific. It, it says that the government uh, has the, the legislature has the authority to form laws, and the judiciary has the authority to enforce laws which are necessary for the good administration of government. Okay? That's it. Those laws are not there to control a man. They're there to make sure that the persons that are in government are doing what they're supposed to do. And so when you read these statutes, if you are a person, okay, then you're, you have to know that language, okay? That language is defined, you know, the definition of those words is defined in Black's Law Dictionary, Valentine's Dictionary, you know, uh, Kinney's, Kinney's Law Dictionary. These are the places you find these words. You're not going to find those in Webster's Dictionary because they're not words. They're actually terms, and they're phrases. For instance, when you say due process, that's a phrase. That's not a word. It's considered a phrase, and it has a very specific meaning in law, and unless you've gone to law school, you don't know what that means. Okay? You're, it's, it's, it's a term. Okay? We went to high school. We didn't go to law school. We went to... You know, high school where we learn words. Lawyers go to law school where they learn terms and phrases. It's not the same. So uh, until you've done a lot of reading in statutes and codes, uh, you know, and get a law degree, don't don't think you have any idea what they're writing. And uh, the good part about that is it does not apply to you. Okay, if you there is no law that says you have to understand. Uh, laws, codes, and statutes, which is written in legalese. Legalese, if you go to etymology online, you'll see that legalese is a, it, it's a term that was given to the language of attorneys back in 1914. It's an actual language, just like Chinese, Japanese, Cantonese. Okay, it's a language. There is no law that requires you to understand codes, statutes, and ordinances which are written in a foreign language. All right, so when you go and you look up words at etymology online, uh, you're going to find things like smart. Okay, that guy is really smart. Well, that doesn't mean he's intelligent. That means he's painful, and that's where the term pain in the ass comes from, or smart ass, okay, because the word smart means painful. And if somebody's a nice guy, uh, that means they're foolish, Okay, they, they don't understand what's going on or they're doing, they're doing things that are foolish all right? because that's what the word nice is. It doesn't mean what you think it does. And likewise, uh, neither do these legal terms and phrases. So 
by studying your own language, you can learn how to write, you can learn how to do things, which is going to be where, where people are going to see what you're doing and have respect for what you're doing and understand what you're, what you're saying uh, by the way you write. For, you know, another good example is uh, argue. The word argue means to polish the glass clearly on both sides. That's where it comes from. You know, let's polish the glass clearly. I'll polish my side. You polish your side. That way I can see what you're talking about and you can see what I'm talking about. So that's what the word argue means. That's the root of where that word comes from. And, and words are really, really important because law is expressed. It is not implied. And it's, it's critical that you know what you're writing when you write paper in any kind of a, uh, an environment that deals with law. All right? I was in court, I think uh, it was June 10th in Minnesota. And the judge looked at this lady and says to her, I'm, you know, it really makes me sad that people don't like you come in here uh, thinking that you're going to bypass the jurisdiction of the courts and you'll be able to leave here. And, and, you know, and he's going on and on and telling her that, that if she doesn't participate, if she doesn't consent to the court's jurisdiction, that you know, bad things are going to happen. Basically, he was threatening her. And, but he started off with the, with the line, it really makes me sad that people like you, blah, blah, blah. And so I went, I was like, holy cow, that's got to mean something. So as soon as I got back to her place, uh, I, I went on my computer and I checked out the word sad. And it means I've had my fill. I've had enough and I don't want to hear anymore. So basically, it means shut the hell up. I don't want to hear what you're saying. You people drive me crazy. Okay, he wasn't saying it makes him emotional. He was saying it makes me sad. And so... You know, it's really, really important that that we uh, get a really good grasp on these words. Uh, we have no idea what we're talking about. We've got little gold stars for all the synonyms that we could come up with when we were kids. You know, our public schools specifically taught us how to not uh, be precise in our language and in the way we write things. And, and they, you know, not only was it a disservice, I believe it was intentional. And so uh, we have to overcome that. It's, it's time for us to step up to the plate, do some studying, learn what, what's going on, and, uh, you know, and move on. You know, I, I sat recently with two friends of mine. One of them's an attorney, and the other one's a businessman. And we were having hamburgers, having a couple of beers. And, you know, these guys don't like government. Okay, they're not happy with the government, and like so many other people, they want to. They want the government to get smaller and go away. And you know, we had this conversation about, you know, what are you going to do? You know, how much of, how much of the government do you think you need to get rid of? Because you know, all that's going to happen. I mean, I said, let's say I, you know, we, we wiped all the governments off the planet right now. What's the first thing that's going to happen? You, you're going to create. You're going to get together with your friends. And create another one. And why? For the same purpose as this one, to secure rights and protect property. So why not learn how to hold accountable the individual men and women that are acting in the capacity of a person because a person is a legal entity. It is not a man or a woman. Neither is a man or a woman an individual. That is also a, uh, a very specific thing in law. So, you know, why not learn how to hold the men and women accountable 
the, the, you know, that are acting in the capacity of a person with obligations and duties created for them by the legislature. Uh, and then once you learn how to do that, if they cause you harm, you seek compensation. You don't say, hey, I'm going to sue you. That's, co- that's communicating a threat. You let them know that if you cause me harm, I will seek compensation. And if, you know, and if they happen to cause you harm, you know, I can't use my property because the building inspector says, you know, I, you, you, know you can't rent out that apartment until you change the toilet because uh, regulations say the toilet must flush less than 1.2 gallons of water per flush. And so your toilet is not, you know, is not good. Uh, you're going to have to change it. And so, you know, he's, he's causing you harm. You know, you should be able to collect rent. But uh, you don't own that property as a man. You own that property as a person. So you're stuck. What are you going to do? Okay, but as a man, he's denying you the, the full benefit of your property. So you've got to figure out which side of the fence you're going to be on and how you're going to work things out. So that's my little thought for the week. <laughs> Give me something else to talk about, and I'll just keep going. Thank you, Gus. That was brilliant. And always worth repeating. Always. It is. I, I've been told that I don't talk about that stuff often enough. But. No, it's great. But there, because but there this, it is. this is learning to be, you know, learning to be a woman, learning to be a man, taking responsibility as a man, as a woman, and it's a lifestyle, as Carl says, and it is always worth repeating because this is what we are learning. It's it's very much worth repeating. And, um, you know, something else is, is we learn, and this is kind of a tough one because, you know, we're, we're learning this stuff and we try it out, and it doesn't work. And you get frustrated, and you try to figure out how to do the common law thing and not get the attorneys or the judges or somebody else upset. It's not going to happen. It's never going to happen because they have a way that they make money. And if you don't play their game, they're not going to make money. They're not going to be happy with you. And so you got to get over that stuff. And you got to be, you got to know how to deliver what you're talking about. And in order to do that, you have to understand enough to to get it out there. You can't you can't be in court uh, being you know making noise if your mouth is moving in court and they are listening to you uh, speak and and you're speaking English and they're hearing you in legalese. Okay, or Japanese or whatever, you know, so it's a foreign language. So you're in court and you're speaking a language they don't understand. You know, that's like that's like you being in China and speaking in a Chinese court and you're just making noise. And that is how they're going to treat you because you're not an attorney. So everything you do has to be written. It has to be written in the form of a notice. You've got to give notice to the court of the facts and, and certain things, you have to let the court know that you're only in court as a man. You're not there as a person. You're not there, you know, um, according, you, you, you're just there as a man. You're not there in any other capacity. You've got no legal obligation. Your your person is, is you know, was invited to court, but you're there as a man. So I'm here to represent the person 
uh, known as Gus Bratton, uh, you know, the legal person. But that's it. You know, I'm a man, so I'm going to talk to you man to man. And the, you know, the legal person is not me. I'm a man. And so when they come at you and, and try to uh, put all this burden of the of the statutes, codes, and ordinances that you know created by the legislatures and the city councils that change like the wind, when they when they try to burden you with this stuff, they're causing you harm. They're causing you uh, a loss. And if they if they touch you, if they physically touch your body or do anything to your body, they're causing you injury. Okay, the the injury is what happens to your physical body. Harm is what happens to your mind. If they if they cut my finger off, they injure my body. But the injury will cause me mental anguish. Therefore, it also harms the man. So you know you can hurt you can you can cause injury to the person all you want, so long as it doesn't harm the man, because government doesn't exist to cause harm to men. And uh, you know, if, if you want to know where that comes from, that comes you know here in the United States, we have the Declaration of Independence. And it talks about, uh, you know, right at the beginning, it, it, it lays out the, the foundation of the entire document by stating that it's self-evident that all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, such as life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And to secure these rights, government, governments are instituted among men. So, you know, that's the foundation of the current government we have here in the United States. And so that government is instituted to secure rights. It says so right there at the beginning, to secure rights. Governments are instituted among men. And then it goes on to talk about a bunch of stuff and what King George did and how bad he was and how that was contrary to the purpose of government, which was to secure rights. Okay, what are your rights? Your right is to own property and to uh, pursue happiness and to enjoy life. Well, you can't do that if people are stealing from you all the time. So what's the purpose of government? It's to secure all your rights and to protect all your property. So if somebody's coming after me and saying and charging me with something, well, they must be doing it on behalf of Bob or Frank or Sam or some other man because they're there to secure somebody's rights. So Bob must have made a complaint that Gus was doing something he shouldn't be doing, and that's why this guy wearing a uniform of some sort, a building inspector or a fireman or a police officer. That's why that guy is at my door uh, asking me questions because Sam or Bob or Frank must have, you know, said, hey, my rights are being violated. My property is being damaged. And it's your job to go secure it. And so this guy shows up at my door to talk to me. Why else would he be there? Okay, he's not there to secure the rights and property of the state of New Hampshire. Okay, the state of New Hampshire doesn't have rights. It doesn't have property. It doesn't, you know, only people have property. Only only a man or a woman can own anything. Everything else is just a corporation. It's just a piece of paper. People got together, they wrote this piece of paper, and on it, okay, if you look at the New Hampshire Constitution, for instance, at uh, in the second part of the Constitution, the first part is the Bill of Rights. The second part is the form of government. So in the form of government, if you read the first two or three articles, it says, it says right there at the beginning that the body politic, which is being created by these men and women who wrote this 
piece of paper shall be called the state of New Hampshire or state of New Hampshire. I haven't figured out which one it is. I don't know if the word the is actually part of the name, but, you know, they created this state of New Hampshire. I mean, it's, a, it's a piece of paper. They took a piece of paper, wrote something out, and created some legal fiction that doesn't actually exist. It could change tomorrow morning you know, with the stroke of a pen. And so, you know, we have to get it in our heads that things that are created by man are temporal and only the things of God are permanent and that we, being created in the image of God, have superiority. We are above everything created by man, and we are only subject to our fellow man, which is a jury of 12 or 6 in some states, but you know, it's a jury. We're subject to a jury, not another man. Okay, when, you, when you're in a courtroom and the man says to you, you know, starts talking to you, you, you can just look at him and say, are you the man that's, that's, you know, caught, that's, uh, that's making a claim against me? Are you the man that says I've done harm, injury, or loss to another man? Or, you know, or, or you're making a claim against me. You're the one making that claim. And he'll say, no, I'm the judge, you know, in this, in this court. And, you know, well, who, whose judge are you? Because my judge is a jury or God. Okay, who rep- you know, a jury represents God, and uh, and that's my jury. You know, that's my that's my judge. If you you're not my judge, you're just a man. You're just another man, just like me. And so, you know, who's the man that's here making a claim? Where's the man that's making a claim against me that I've caused harm, injury, or loss to another man? Because that's the purpose of government, and we need to get that in our heads and stop messing around with their bullshit. You know, you, you don't have a law degree. You've never been compensated to understand that language. You've got no business paying attention to their bullshit, okay? It, it's copyrighted. Hands off. Stay away from it. Anybody else show up? You guys are all on your computers, man. Get on the phone. Yeah, no, there's there's quite a few on the phone. Gus, they're just very, very quiet. <laughs> I see the clothes on here. We've got New York, Delaware. I, I think I think we were just we were just all stunned, you know, listening to that beautiful conversation. See, even Tickety Boo says that was awesome, Gus. Thank you. You know, you you can't beat that. It's wonderful. Thank you, Gus. You're very welcome. Oh, Rhonda. Hey, are you on Skype, Rhonda? If you are, get a hold of me. I wanted to, I've been wanting to get in touch with you for some on some stuff. Um, and then we got Diamond Dream, Northeast Illinois, Illinois, sorry. That's rude. Hey, I'm, the floor's open. I, I don't have any... Uh, you know, I, I really don't have any plans for any particular calls. Uh, it makes no difference to me which way we go. Yeah, I'm just here. This is my community service. This is... Uh, if you're a churchgoer, you know, this is how I tithe. This is how I give back to the community. So... Yeah, I do my two hours every night, I mean, every Wednesday, and 
I used to do five hours every Wednesday, and that was just too much. But uh, but I do my two hours, and I talk to people during the week, and you know this is this is it. Uh, I'm here for you guys. I'm not here for me. So if you've got something, just go ahead and and, and throw it at me. All right, by the way, I am looking for, uh, I put it in word notes. Let me go there and just see if I can remember the names of the towns. St. Cloud, Cambridge, and Malacca. Those are three towns that are in Minnesota. I'm looking to relocate in that area. So if you know anybody who's out there who's looking, who's got a place to rent or looking for a roommate or something like that, um, just let me know because that's where I'd like to end up. <clears throat> oh, Wisconsin. Actually, this, this, I've been checking out Wisconsin on Google Earth, and uh, I, I got to check it out some more. But when I was on Craigslist checking out property out there, it was beautiful. They had uh, really good, real great stuff. I mean, the, the deals out there in Wisconsin are, are definitely as good as the ones they are, as I've seen in uh, Minnesota. Okay, floor's open. There's like 20 of you on here. Sorry, Hi, I haven't been around. But... Hi, good. Hey, hey Cola. How's it going? It's going good. Yeah, you I, have, I have a little story to tell. I went to court with my friend, uh, I believe Tuesday, and she was in bankruptcy court. Um so I wrote up some of her paperwork for her, to, uh, and I actually accompanied her there. And I just told her, basically said, if they're a man or woman, say I owe a debt. Um, and the second point she wanted to say, um, if is there a man or woman to come forward and or bring their claim that her claim was untrue. But an interesting happened, so when they call up, you know, the other side and us as well, I walk in the front with her. And they was asking her, who was I? And they answered the question for her. She said, said is that your friend? Is that attorney? And she, and she said, oh, that's your friend? And he said, okay. And they didn't say anything else. And then the other side began to talk, and me and her were standing up. And they asked us to, you know, so the judge said, sit down. And so she sat down. I didn't. And the judge said, sit down. I said, is that an order? He goes, yeah. I said, put it in writing. And he said, well, he said that if you don't, you don't cooperate or sit down, I'm going to get the marshal over there. He said, but it's impolite for, you know, when somebody's speaking, you're standing. I said, well, I don't wish to be impolite to the court. And so that's when I sat down. Then, we, then when they called us, we got up, and she said, first, she told us he was a guy, so she said, first, I want to, you're a man, and I'm a woman. At all times, I am talking to a man, basically. And then she said, firstly, you know, I told you what she said about, you know, um, her claim is it's untrue, have a man to come forth, or the next point, she said, number two, you know, basically about all that. And they were completely silent. Even a judge couldn't say nothing. Then he finally asked her, is there anything else you wish to say? And she repeated it. He said, you just said that. 
So she repeated it again. She said, well, she said, well if there's no man who will come forth, restore my property. Once again, everybody sounded. For two, three minutes, nobody said a word. And then he asked her, anything else she would say? So she kept repeating it. And then first they was going to, they're going to go, oh, uh, you know, sell her property, and they don't want her to, and he told the lawyer, well, put something, I forgot what motion or judgment, so she won't clock the title, so she can't file any more papers. And then at the end he said, well, we're going to have a new court date. And so we all laughed. So that's pretty much what happened in there. So I had a question. I'm kind of on the fence with this. I'm not really sure because um, you th- you're here. Yeah, I'm here. All right. And I'm kind of on the fence um, far as uh, her movie. She wished to move back to her property, and but I was thinking she should put in um, the bankruptcy court because she has. They have the U.S. trustee. They have another trustee. And they took like ninety-two thousand out of her bank account, <laughs> um, but and so much they're going to pay this, pay that, and now they're trying to sell her property. And even the lawyer she had was supposed to be protecting <clears throat> her at the time. He actually working with the other side. He said he told her he's not he's fired. He's not going to work for her. So I believe she should put in notices to the bankruptcy court that she. Um, she thought this was a benefit for her to file bankruptcy chapter eleven. They switched it to a chapter seven. Um, I guess the trustee that was appointed, he did that. Um, and that's that's how they're trying to steal her property. Okay. Uh, but she actually there was a house there and they because her husband did construction, so they like tore the house down and rebuilt a whole it's a big booty for house. Um and I and they I think she'd have all the receipts and all that, so I told her file in the district court a claim. And she wanted to claim, you know, and all the stuff she's been filing, as far as what I put in, you know, help her write, she can put that as exhibits in her district court case. And she also can give them notice she don't, you know, this bankruptcy is no longer a benefit for her, and she's going to file all of it. Well, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. Uh, it, it, do you know what a B ten form is? Bankruptcy form number ten. Uh, I do not, but I'll write this down. Let me. Um, yeah, it's a B ten form. <clears throat> what? It, when you when you look into it, what it is, it's a financial statement that a creditor has to fill out if you require them to. They don't have to fill it out if you don't re- if you don't require them to. But when a man requires a uh, creditor to, well, actually in bankruptcy court, you're probably there just as, as a person. Um, but when you, uh, when you require creditors to file a B-10 form with the court, what you're basically stating is that you wish the debt to be verified before it is discharged or be- before it is renegotiated or before whatever. So that B-10 form is your friend and take advantage of it. So it's called a B, a B like Victor, and a number 10 form. No, no, a B like bankruptcy. Oh, bankruptcy. It's a B form, B10 form. Okay. Yeah, B10. And once she, once she does that, um, then... Then they, I, have to, they have to verify the debt. They have to come in 
you know, they have to give an affidavit that says that that's verified. Okay. Okay. Now, if you know what to do with that after, you can you can use that against them because who's going to show up in court and verify that debt? Okay. No. Whoever whoever signs that affidavit is going to be, uh, you know, if they come into court and they try to verify it, and you know the difference between, uh, you know, between uh, secondhand information and yes, testimony, yes, yes, you know, the difference between hearsay, then yes. uh, you can just you can destroy that argument. Yeah, you know, it just takes a little bit of studying, but uh, there's nothing wrong with being in bankruptcy court and verifying the debts and making payment arrangements and moving on with your life. Okay. Yeah, because and then you know, um, what's your thoughts on her moving back in her property? Because they like evicted her, got the U.S. marshals to come and all that, and hold guns on her. But she didn't. She was just learning well, about Paul stuff, and I, she just met me. So. Yeah, I, I I'm not gonna say what if it were me. I, yeah, and I'm not saying she should do this, okay? This, I'm not, there's no advice being given here, okay? This is has nothing to do with that, okay? If it were me, uh, I would be uh, going right back, and they'd arrest me for trespassing, and then I'd have a, you know, then I'd go before a judge, and the judge would say, yeah, you're trespassing, you know, or there's somebody making a claim you're trespassing, and I'd say, great, bring the man forward, he's making a claim I'm trespassing, and we would go through the whole routine. Okay. Oh, so you, yes. You might you might end up doing a little jail time, a couple of days, or whatever. Okay. You know, depends depends on how uh, what the bail set at and if you're ready for that. And but mm-hmm. you know, that's me. You know, I don't mind getting arrested. It doesn't bother me. I've been arrested oh. plenty of times. Uh, but you know, somebody who's not into you know, you got to know what you're doing. You can't just do what I would do because it's not what you should do. What you should do is going to be totally different based on what you know. Yeah. And what you believe. Yeah, you got to well, go on your own beliefs. You, you have to learn it. Okay, there, there's, uh, I wrote this in Word Nerds tonight. Um, and for those of you not familiar, uh, we've got state groups where we communicate on state. We've got groups for property taxes, groups for family issues, divorce issues, whatever. And uh, I have our state group called Word Nerds. And on that, uh, Skype group tonight, I posted something, you know, uh, somebody asked me to clean up their paperwork, to, to cor- correct some stuff, excuse me, it was good done eating and burping, uh, correct some things, and I said, you know, I've come to the conclusion that no, I can't correct your stuff, you have to do it, you have to correct it, and correct it, and correct it, and correct it, you have to get to the point where uh, you know this stuff. It's got to be in you. You've got to write it. You have to live it. You have to breathe it, spit it out. When you take a dump, that's what comes out. Nothing else. This has got to be your life if you're going to do anything with this stuff or leave it alone. Because if you bring this stuff into court, you're going to piss everybody off. And if you're not ready for that, it's just going to make things worse. You got the radio. Hey, North right. Central. Hey, yeah, I just muted out North Central. Uh, All right, I'm just saying, basically, I'm just going to add a little bit what you just said. Basically, you got to marry this. If you married it, you're going to stick with it. If you're not, keep it moving. Like a boyfriend oh. girl saying, keep it moving. <laughs> that, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just being real. Hey, it is what it is. Oh, yeah, that's it, you know. Analyze that. But there's there's a saying, okay, 
people say, or there's a, you know, a cliche thing where uh, necessity is the mother of all invention. And I've heard that for years. And as a guy who just likes to think about dumb shit, you know, I just thought, well, if, she's the mo- if necessity is the mother of invention, what's the father? What's the father of invention? And having been in construction, I've done a lot of uh, piecework where, you know, you get paid by the sheet. You're not working by the hour. You don't get paid just for showing up. I got paid to be productive. And so I would get frustrated. I'm not making enough money, and I learned how to do things that other people never learned how to do because I had to. I had to come up with a better way, a faster way, so that I could have the edge on the other guys. And so I was constantly looking to create new ways, fabricate new methods of doing things. And so I... um, in contemplating that question, you know, what's the father of invention? If, the, if necessity is the mother of invention, I needed to make more money. I needed to go faster. I needed to do things. But until I got frustrated, which is the, the father of all inventions, and, you know, it's frustration, until I got frustrated enough that I just couldn't live with the current way I was doing things, I didn't develop those new ways. And so, no, I'm not going to help you with your paperwork. You need to do it. You need to do it over and over and over and over again to the point where you get so frustrated that you just know this stuff inside out and it just comes out your pores. And it's all, you know, that's it. I don't know if any of you guys use DMSO, but DMSO is a solvent. And if you rub your skin with it, your ankles, it's, you know, I I use it to cause circulation in my ankles. My foot hurts. So, you know, it immediately gets into your bloodstream and you can taste it, and and it gives off an odor. You know, it exudes from your from all your pores because it just it's coming through your blood. And if you're going to do this, you've got to get to the point where you're so frustrated with the current way that things are going on in your case in your life that you you just it just comes out of every pore in your body, and and you got to you got to know it that well, and you got to believe it, you got to live it. And when you get into court, they'll see it. They'll hear it. They'll see it in your paperwork. You know, it's just they will look at you and say, we've got better people to take money from, and they will let you walk away. Right? It's not worth it because, you know, you're going to cost them a fortune. And, you know, they're there to make money. They're not there for any other reason. They're not, you know, everybody's there to make money. You know, the judge is there to make money. The attorney's there to make money. Everybody's there to make money. They're all persons with a specific obligation and duty created by the legislature. And I'm a man. I'm the only one here in court not getting paid. So somebody better have a claim before the court because if somebody's, if, if, if the court is not here uh, on behalf of another man making a claim against me, then you've brought me under here, you know, under false pretenses and you're going to have to compensate me for my time because this is bullshit. And, you know, but but if you don't believe it, you're never going to do it, okay? You can go to court, you can use the common law words, the common law, whatever, and you can call them common law or you can call them, you know, it doesn't matter what you use, but it's whatever's common to you. It's your beliefs. You can walk into court with your beliefs and and talk about stuff, but you better believe it because if you're going into court with my beliefs, you're not going to be very convincing.
You know, it, it's got to be your beliefs. And it only becomes your beliefs when you focus on it so much. I went to court two months ago, three months ago, on a felony charge. And, you know, I, I was sitting there in jail before going to court that morning, and I couldn't remember a thing that I used to know before I met Carl. You know, when I met Carl, we were coming back from Canada. I picked him up in, in Nova Scotia. I mean, in, uh, yeah, I think it was uh, New Brunswick. And, you know, we were coming back driving through Maine. You know, it was a 10-hour ride back, 10 or 12 hours to come back here. Um, and then I drove him down to Virginia. But, you know, we were coming back, and one of the very first conversations we had was, was uh, you know, about what he does and how it's different and how I needed to forget everything I had ever learned. I needed to totally get rid of it, and I, I could just see how much of a problem that was going to be because I had gone through a nasty divorce. I'd been through a lot of junk, and it was just I had learned how to play their games. You know? and, this is, and that's what happens. You know, like in a divorce, you get an attorney, and, and they get an attorney, and then you hammer it out in court, and eventually you run out of money because attorneys don't work for free, they get paid rather well. And then when you run out of money, now you're on your own. And now, you, you know, you've, you've had an attorney for two months or six months or a year if you can afford it, and you've, you've spent all your money, and you've seen this paperwork, and, and you know, it's like post-traumatic stress disorder. Okay? You, you see what's going on with court, and you pay really close attention because your life is on the line, and so what happens is you learn the legal stuff and how to do legal stuff. And when the attorney dumps you because you owe him $3,500 and you haven't been able to give him any money in two weeks, you know, now you're on your own. You're trying to do stuff, and what are you going to do? You're going to try to do things the way attorneys do things, all right? And you're going to pretend you're an attorney, which is called pro se, okay? You're representing yourself, pro se, and you're not going to be in there acting as a man, and, you know, being a man. And you know, you, you're not going to be in court in the image of God, standing there as man. You're going to be as, you know, in some other capacity, which is, you know, because you saw an attorney and how he acted, and you think that's how court works. That, that, that's how court works in the statutory world. But in the world of man, somebody needs to make a claim. And that person needs to take the stand. They need to point their finger at you and say, you are the guy who caused me to lose $1,200 when you came into my yard and did donuts on my front lawn and tore up my lawn. I had to pay somebody $1,200 to fix my lawn, and now I'm here to collect. Okay? So somebody has to take the stand and say, I did something that caused them to accrue an actual loss or that I caused them harm, that I caused them mental anguish. Or that I caused him injury, okay? I injured his property, whether, you know, I punched him in the shoulder or I ran over his mailbox, okay? But I, 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 I somehow created a, uh, an issue, you know, it's, uh, I somehow damaged his physical property, okay? And that's what your body is. Your body is your property. You, the man, live inside that body. When, when you die, your body falls to the ground and you move forward. You just keep on going. Okay, you're the man inside the body, inside the property. So uh, on my website, if you go to the study guide page, there's uh, three books. The first one is red, the red book. 
and it's English common law in the early American colonies. And that book explains the Christian roots, the basis for the uh, common law system that we have here in America and how, well, it doesn't get into all the other stuff and how, how it got changed, but it explains the, the foundations of our law system and how it was created based on the word of God as revealed in his word. And, and I, I mean, that's specifically in the charter for Connecticut and Massachusetts when they created, you know, the, the Connecticut and, and Massachusetts is actually New Haven uh, back then. So when you read that book, it's only 55 pages, you know, 58, 58 pages or something like that. Page 54 and 55, you'll see uh, where they talk about how attorneys, uh, how the law system at the time when this country was created, when, when the government was formed, uh, there was no need of attorneys and their specific knowledge because uh, a, a court hearing was more like a town meeting. So you had several judges sitting up there and you had, uh, you would present your side, the other person would present his side, and then the town would be the jury. The town would decide which way the thing was going to go based on what was right, and, and it says that on a sense of right uh, and wrong. You know, what was right, what was wrong, it was all based on morals and, and integrity and so on. So if you were acting in honor and somebody uh, was acting in dishonor, the town would see that. They would decide that way, and that's the decision that came down. They didn't need an attorney to tell them what was right and what was wrong. And so that first book talks about that. The second book that I have on that study guide page is uh, John Locke, Two Treatises of Government. And in that book, he describes property. That's what the whole book is about, is property. Property is the number one issue you're ever going to have to deal with because that's the purpose of government, is to protect your property, secure your rights, your rights in property. So that book talks about that. In, in the first treatise of government, he goes into what, he, what he's actually doing is he's tearing apart somebody else's philosophy. Somebody had written a book, he disagreed, and so he wrote this book in response to this other guy. And so he tears apart the other guy's philosophy that the king has a superior right over all property in England because he's the king. And, you know, he's, he's basically saying that all men have a right to that property because it's created by God. It's not created by the monarchs. And so he, he goes back and forth and talks about a man's right to property as compared to the monarch's right to property and where it all came from. And, you know, like if you walk, if you're a man and you're walking and you see an apple tree, you pick an apple, you eat an apple, you enjoy the apple, and you move on your way. If you take 10 apples, you don't need 10 apples. Therefore, you're taking more than you need. Okay, God created that tree to benefit everyone, not to, not to benefit only you. And so he talks about that kind of stuff. The, uh, the third book is The Law, which explains the, the essence of, of law. That was by uh, Frederick Bastiat. Those are the three books I recommend you read. I don't recommend you waste your time you know, digging out the history of, of common law because we don't have it here. Okay, the, the first thing the, the, the pilgrims did is, uh, not the pilgrims, the, the people who came here from Europe, uh, 
the first thing they did is they got rid of the common law. That's what that first book, the red one, is all about, the English common law and the early American colonies. So, you know, go ahead and, and read those three books. You'll have a real good understanding of what common law is, what it's supposed to be, your rights and property, and then the essence of, of, of law and, what, and the purpose of it and how it's been misused throughout history to control people. Hey, guys. Yeah. It's Rhonda. Hey, how you doing? Are you on Skype? Uh, no, I'm not. But if uh, I can give you my number, you can call me. Yeah, I don't know how to how you, how you're gonna do that without everybody else getting it. Oh well, ain't nobody else gonna worry about calling me. I don't know nothing. <laughs> All right, go ahead. It's eight one six. Six four six four seven five seven. Awesome. I'll get in touch with you in the, in the next few days. Yeah, I uh, I got something that you know I want to ask you about too, maybe. All right. So, okay. Well, I enjoy. What happened to your last Wednesday show? Didn't get recorded. Uh, I just wasn't in the mood. I I didn't know how long I was going to be on last week. So I, I didn't feel like recording. I really didn't. I mean, I don't feel like doing these shows, to be honest with you. I, I mean, it's not like anybody's dumping a ton of money on me. You know, I, I'm giving, I'm, I'm doing it out of a sense of responsibility to share what I've learned. And and that's cool, you know, but <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to reorganize my life and I've, just, I've got stuff going on and, and it's, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's, yeah, I, I try to help people out, and it doesn't work out. And then, you know, am I leading people in the wrong direction? Because, you know, if you're not willing to learn this and really, really, really learn it, then it, it's worse. You know, you, you can't go into court and use common law, go in there wielding the sword of justice. You know, I'm here with Excalibur, and I'm going to slay the dragon because I just learned five new words. <laughs> Come on, man. It doesn't work like that. You know, you you got to know this shit. you got to internalize it, live it, breathe it, and spit it out. And if you can't do that, uh, all you're going to do is piss everybody off, and, and they're going to crush you to set, to set an example you know, for other people who think they're going to come in there with the sword of justice. So you can't be doing that stuff. So, you know, I, I ponder back and forth, you know, should I even be teaching this stuff? And I it really I shouldn't be teaching any of it. You guys all should be listening to Carl because that's where I got it from. And, you know, getting stuff for me is, you know, basically secondhand. You know, um, I don't know if you realize, but a cow eats grass so that when you eat beef, you're actually eating secondhand food because the grass is actually the food and um, and on and on and on. The reason that tuna fish is not supposed to be good for you is because it's way at the top of the food chain. And so you start with you know, microscopic stuff at the bottom, and it go, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and all the fish that eat each other uh, and get bigger and bigger uh, collect mercury from the bottom of the ocean, which eventually ends up in the tuna, and the tuna is like just one big mercury uh, holding tank. And so supposedly, I don't know if this is true, but my chiropractor had told me this, and he was really good about a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, he's the reason I'm drinking chaga, you know, as often as I do. 
but um, yeah, it's, it's all secondhand food, and it's no different with this common law stuff. Okay, Carl's got his talk shoes. He's got the archives, you know, and I've got a link to all his talk shoes on my website. But go to his archives. Go to his talk shoe page and download the download that stuff. Keep it on your hard drive so you can listen whenever you want. But, you know, that's firsthand information. You're not going to get any better. Carl has sifted through, you know, hundreds of people. You know, he's had legal problems. He's he's had, you know, really great experiences. Um so go, you know, that, that's where you really need to get your information from. Now, I mean, I appreciate you guys tuning in, and I have an, you know, I really do feel an obligation to give back what I've gotten. But you know, you really, you know, if you're serious, you you really should be listening to Carl. Yeah, because. that's a big responsibility to, you know, take on shoulder people's problems. So that's not well, easy to do. You know, I try to I try to strike a balance between, um, you know, my strong will and the tough love and um, compassion. You know, I, I try to be compassionate with people, but then I know they're not going to learn without the strong without the uh, the the, uh, the tough love part. You know, if I do everything for you, it's not going to help. A chicken, when a baby chicken is born, you have to let it break out of its own shell. Otherwise, it will never develop the strength it needs to make it to the food once it's out of the shell. And so you have to let the chicken come out of the shell by itself. If you help it, it will never develop the muscles in that first day to ever make it to the food after that. So it's a handicap. And so it's really tough. It's tough to, to see somebody struggling and, and stay hands off and let them fall on their face. You know, it's really hard to do that. You know, you was talking earlier about necessity be the, being the mother of invention. That's exactly what I told my mama about a month and a half ago or so. In, in June, I had a, some really serious health things going on, and uh, I thought I was going to die. The first of June, I thought I had a heart attack the day before Memorial Day. And that first week, I didn't think I was going to make it through the first week. And I don't have health care insurance, or which I lovingly refer to as sick care insurance. So <laughs> I told my mom, I said, uh, so a friend of mine had went and seen a, a quantum physics healer. And that, since you're in the health, you ought to look that up. You can go to a, a website called healerswhoshare.com. Yeah. And it's based on quantum physics. And uh, it's basically frequency in the water. I know we've talked about the water before, but this is a specific frequency in the water to go after exactly what, uh, to target what the problem is. And there's no side effects or anything else. And, oh, my gosh, I've had uh, seven cancers so far, two in the pancreas, two in the lungs, two leukemias, one small cell carcinoma, one other, two holes in my heart, a liver disease, Holy cow. staph infection, MRSA, neotame poisoning, uh, and it's pretty much all gone. Yeah. And uh, the the good thing about it too, I love besides there's no side effects and it's water, uh, two capfuls of water at a time, uh, is that once you heal yourself of this way that you'll never get it back again. Like once I 
you know, heal myself a small cell carcinoma, whether it's in the lungs or the pancreas, which it was in both, you'll never get small cell carcinoma back again anywhere. And uh, there's, there's a lot to be said for for the natural alternative uh, ways of healing. You know, there's there's a lot to be said. It's, I mean, this isn't the place to say it, so we're not going to keep talking about it. But yeah, definitely yeah. call me. Well, that's why I told my mom. I said, you know, I didn't have health care insurance, so I had to find another way to get better. And necessity is the mother of invention. I had to find another way to get better. I couldn't, you know, and so far. Yeah. I've cured, and and I'm a, and you know they talk about cure, not uh, heal, you know, or m- maintain your disease. Uh, I said, you know, I had to find another way to get better. I getting rid of all these diseases cost me less than what one trip to the emergency room probably would have cost me. Well, and, yeah, maybe as far as physical supplies, but you know, you've got hundreds of hours invested in research. Well, I haven't done the research on. I got uh, the only hours I got invested in is taking the water since the first of June, and uh, I tell you, I just can't believe how much better I feel. But I know this is not the place to talk about it. But uh, you give me a call, we'll talk about it. But I mean, it 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 was amazing what I went through in June and radiation poisoning. I mean, I could make a list. <laughs> but yeah, yeah uh, I'll give you a call. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it's, you're right. Necessity is the mother of invention, and usually yeah, that means. But I, I don't think you know. You, you need both the mother and the father, and I don't think until you, until you're frustrated enough to look for another way, you're not going to find it. Well, I guess I could say my body was frustrated enough, because yeah. my body about gave out on me. Yeah, well, you got, you got to the point where you weren't going to take it anymore, and you were going to figure it out. Come hell yeah, or high water, you're going to figure it out. And that's the frustration level that you need to have if you're going to study common law. If you ain't got that frustration level, and if you're not willing to allow yourself okay, to, to be that frustrated, you're not going to learn. Because if you do something and it doesn't work and you fall back and say, oh, well, that didn't work, I'm going to go study some more, no big deal. And then you try something else, and that didn't work, so you, you go back and you're going to study some more. And, and, you know, you're going to spend 10 years learning what you should have learned in three weeks. You know, if you just hammer and hammer and hammer nonstop, you will figure out how to bust through that wall, go under it, go over it, go around it. You'll figure it out. But, you know, every single situation is different, and you, you have to apply it. You have to apply it so much that you are perpetually frustrated. And it's a rare person that can handle that much frustration. Yeah, and I think a big part of it, too, is, you know, whatever you believe uh, has to be built on solid ground. You have to have it standing on solid ground. And and I think, you know, uh, Carl's way is, is solid ground. And but, but, your, but your beliefs have to be on it, on that solid ground. Because if, if, if you just go in here, they're, like you said, half-heartedly, you know, the first time they snap at you, you're like, oh, my God, it didn't work. When actually, you know, the more aggravated they get, it should let you know the more it's working because they wouldn't oh. be getting aggravated if they was winning. Yeah, and, and they will come down hard on you if you're doing the right things. If you're, do, if you're doing the wrong things, you know, it'll be business as usual. But if you're doing something right, 
they're, they're, they're going to try to crush you as fast as possible before you have a chance to learn too much. All right. I, I recommend, you know, that people learn this stuff, you know, like, like uh, digging a hole for a tornado. You know, you don't wait till the tornado comes and then, oh, shit, get the shovels, let's dig. It's, uh-huh. You know, you, you got to dig the hole and prepare before the storm comes. But, yeah, too, you know, some too people, late. you know, too late to start getting the shovels when you see the tornado. Yeah, it ain't going to happen. You know, and, and you're not going to, you know, common law, yeah, I, I just, it's tough. I, I've seen people take it and try to, uh, you know, inject it into their case like it was the, you know, the penicillin that they needed to cure the, the problem. And it just pissed everybody off. Yeah, of course it will. You can't be putting that stuff into their court, into their system. You know, you got to do your own thing, create your own court, create your own claim. You know, but it takes, you have to know how to do it. You have to be willing to be frustrated enough to to keep hammering on it until you figure out how to impl- how to implement it. You can't give up. You know, you just you just got to keep going. Yeah, mistakes. You know, uh, that where they say if you're not making mistakes, you're not moving forward. You know, you're going to make mistakes, but that's the ones you really remember. Well. I, okay, I, I got charged with this felony thing, right? I have no idea why they decided to drop it after only three weeks. But, well, okay, I, I, I shouldn't say it that way. I have no idea what I did specifically that caused them to believe that it was not worth pursuing. Uh, but what I can say is every day I got up and every day I was thinking, pondering, and creating some kind of paperwork, a letter, I would write something. I, mean, there was, I was nonstop. I was a jackhammer, and I was getting through this, period. Yeah, I wasn't going down. End of story. I was going to figure it out. I didn't know how it was going to happen. And I think it, you know, it just became um, somebody saw that this was not going to be a profitable experience on their part. There's no man on the other side claiming harm, injury, or loss. They don't have the right to do what they're doing. You know, so – it, you know, they just let it go, you know, and, and I believe they had a shitty case to begin with, which, you know, which is definitely good enough reason for a prosecutor to say, oh, screw it, you know, why bother? You know, the guy's not guilty anyway. You know, they might go after somebody else who's not guilty, but why go after somebody where, where the evidence clearly shows, you know, that, that you're not guilty and then, um, you know, you're just going to get hammered in court anyway. So, you know, I, I don't know. I, it couldn't have been just because they had a weak case. But one thing I wanted to make sure was that they knew that I wasn't going down without one hell of a fight. And I made sure they knew it every day. Did you ever uh, make a claim against them, or did you just give them notice of who you was and who I gave them. I gave them notice. I wrote to the county prosecutor's office. I told them that... Um, that I was going, you know, that I I fully expected to be heard by the grand jury to present, uh, to present, uh, I forget the words. Yeah, I, I was looking to have the grand jury give a presentment to the county prosecutor, an indictment against the man who was the chief of police at the time here in Manchester, New Hampshire. Uh, he was the chief, and he. He swore out a complaint against me 
saying that I knowingly did something, and that's bullshit. Nobody knows what I know, what I was thinking when I did something, okay? So he's making a false claim, and I was going to present my case to the grand jury and have them produce an indictment against the chief of police, and I was going to have his ass on the swing. And I fully expected the prosecutor, the county prosecutor, to help me out because he's got an office that is, that is created by the Constitution. And he has duties and obligations which are described by the legislature in statutes. So he's, he's totally duty-bound to protect me, a man, at this time. And, you know, so this is the kind of stuff I was dropping off every other day at the prosecutor's office. And I, you know, yo, yeah, you want to you want to take me to the grand jury? I'll go with you. We'll present both sides of the story, and we'll see which way the grand jury goes. We'll see if they indict me or if they indict the chief of police, who happened to resign a week and a half later. Maybe he found out through your little correspondence and talking to the legal people on the other side, that uh, his uh, liability out, he thinks he's operating under out there is just a sham. Won't cover him as a man. He might have realized that uh, as the chief of police and, you know, as the man who's signing all these, uh, you know, swearing out all these complaints that it's just a matter of time before somebody, somebody holds them liable for damage, you know, seeking compensation. You know, you're bringing a false claim into court against me? You bet your ass I'm coming after you. Somebody's going to compensate me for my time and for damaging my reputation. Uh, you know, come on. I, you know, there's no way I'm laying down and taking this stuff. Middles wants to know who's, who's the woman talking with Gus. You know, Rick, oh, you're not on the phone. I was going to say you could ask. Uh, it's, it's Rhonda. All right, there's a bunch of you guys on the phone. We're already 40 minutes, 45 minutes into this call. Uh, oh, wow, I've been recording. Oh, that's right. I started a half hour early tonight. I've been recording for an hour and 14 minutes. So we're going to go another 45 minutes, and then I'm shutting it down. So if you guys got something to talk about, speak up. Hey, Gus, uh, I just dialed in when you were talking about these books. Um, can you um, tell me what those books again are, or can you post them on your Word Nerds? Or yeah, they're on the Word Nerds website, the uh, the Redress for Dummies website. Uh, it's redressfordummies.org, and the short link is re, uh, the, the the letter R, the numeral four, in the letter D. So r4d.info. But if you go there, you'll see at the top of the page there's a there's a link, uh, a button or whatever you want to call it, called study guide. If you uh -huh. click on study guide and scroll down, you'll see three different books. And, and when you click on those books, it'll take you right to Google Books where you can read them for free. All right. Thanks. The, yeah, that first one, that red one that's on that site, uh, English Common Law in the Early American Colonies, I read that like four or five years ago. And I thought it was so awesome 
that I, I got it on eBay, that I uh, got in touch with the guy who had the books, and I bought out the last 70 copies that he had. And I've only got about 15 left. But I was giving them out to my state reps, you know, the legislature, people that I thought should read this stuff. And I wasn't giving them out, uh, you know, like, like handing out pamphlets. And I was talking to these people. I was explaining the stuff. We, we were having good communication, and, and I offered the book. Uh, you know, so I, and that's what I used to do. I used to, you know, work with the people here that are my state reps, my senators. I became friends with, with these people, and, uh, you know, and we still talk today. You know, some of them uh, have been out of office for, you know, two terms, and, and you know, we still talk, and, you know, we, we became friends. But that's what I was trying to do. That's how I was trying to influence a, you know, a change and the way things are done in the courts before I met Carl. And I was doing, if you go to my website, I mean, uh, my YouTube channel, you'll see, uh, it's under my name, Gus Breton, the YouTube channel. You'll see, if you look back in the old videos, that uh, I was doing redress presentations. I was going to churches. I was going wherever they would have me, Elks Club, I don't care. And I was doing redress uh, presentations, explaining you know, the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution and the 31st Article of the Bill of Rights here in New Hampshire. And I was explaining how the redress process is supposed to work. So, um, you know, and constitutional law. I mean, that, that's what I used to work on. And uh, that's where this book came from. So, yeah, it's, I found it on Google Books afterwards, and you can just click on it, and, and it'll pop right up. All right, thanks. You're welcome. You know, one of the things that's kind of neat, in uh, Minnesota, Article 11, and in New Hampshire, Article 4, uh, talks about the, the, the rights of conscience. And your right of conscience is your right to raise your children as you see fit. It's your right to do as you wish, as long as you harm no other man. And... Because it's your beliefs. It's what, you know, you're going to live according to your beliefs. You're not going to live according to your neighbor's beliefs. You know, you're going to live according to whatever you believe is the right thing to do at any particular moment in time. You know, if, you're, if your kids are, are sick and get the chicken pox, you're going to handle it whatever way you believe is best for you and your family. And that's it. And you, so you have the right to, to believe and to act according to your conscience and so on. So... That's also part of the U.S. Bill of Rights, uh, Article One. You know, freedom of uh, freedom of speech, uh, of, of uh, religion, and so on. That's all in there. And you know, the, that's the number one thing. People talk about the Second Amendment. You know, and we have to protect our right to bear arms. You know, the First Amendment is is the reason that the Second Amendment even exists. Because the First Amendment is absolutely, it absolutely describes the most important things, uh, the, the, the most important rights of a man. Okay, uh, I'll go through the list just to give you guys an idea of the kind of stuff I used to do. Uh, Congress shall make no law in respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. That is your right of conscience. And then abridging the freedom of speech or of the press. So when you have something on your heart, when you believe something is right, 
you're supposed to speak about it. You're supposed to teach it. You're supposed to be out there talking about it because you're trying to make change. So that's your freedom of speech and, and your freedom of expression. Okay, I have three major websites and uh, and a couple of other ones which I never did much with, but three of them are, are pretty extensive. And that's my right to publish. Okay, I don't need a newspaper. My freedom of the press is is what I do on my website. And then the freedom of the people, uh, the First Amendment again, U.S. Constitution, uh, the right of the people to petition the government for redress and grievances. So if you get something, you know, you, you live according to your conscience, and if other people around you are not acting right the way you believe they should, you have the right to speak about it, publish it, do what you're going to do. And if it's the government, you have a right to petition the government, to uh, let them know. Basically, you know, petitioning is, is to make a, a supplication to a deity. Uh, so you're basically admitting that the government is above you when you do this. But, uh, to, you know, you're petitioning them uh, for a redress of grievances. And in doing so, what you're doing is you're making, a, you're creating a formal writing. It's, it's a manner of publishing what it is that you believe your conscience. So it all comes back to your rights of conscience. And then a well-regulated militia being necessary for the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Well, what's the purpose of that? If you can't, you know, if, if, you, if you're out there talking about stuff and you're being loud and obnoxious and driving people nuts because you have beliefs that you're convicted of and you're, you're just out there on your soapbox doing your thing, uh, some people are going to try to shut you down. And if there's enough of you, you know, it's not going to be pretty. And so you have the right to defend yourself. That's what that's about. And then, you know, if you're talking about the government, um, you know, one, one way the government used to, the, the English government before uh, this current government we have here, we used to be provinces and so on. And the English government would, if you were a troublemaker, they'd just put a, a soldier in your house. So the Third Amendment, that's what that's about. No soldier shall, in time of peace, be quartered in any house without the consent of the owner, nor in time of war, but in a manner to be prescribed by law. Prescribed is a prescription. It's to, it's to write things out, to make it written in law. So, you know, the best way to shut you off, to shut you down, and to keep you from, from talking about what you believe is to put a soldier in your house. So that's what the Third, third Amendment's all about. And as you move along, you have the Fourth, Fifth, and Sixth Amendments. Okay, they protect uh, everything that's got to do with with court, with property, your your property rights, the way things are done in court, to confront witnesses, all that stuff, the compulsory process for obtaining witnesses in your favor, the, you know, your right to remain silent. But you know what happens is um, if they can't shut you up, if you've got if you've got convictions so strong that you can't stop talking, you know one of the best ways to shut you down is to take you to court and to accuse you of things like the Salem witch trials. Okay, they take you to court, they make you speak, and so they created um, you know these three amendments to protect you from being sued, and then uh, the. Well, protect, protect you from being accused of false crimes and so on. So it's just a whole defense mechanism. The Seventh Amendment is if you choose to go after them, okay? If you choose to go after somebody in common law. So in suits in common law, at common law, where the value in controversy shall exceed $20, the right of trial by jury 
shall be preserved, and no fact tried by a jury shall be otherwise reexamined in any court of the United States than according to the rules of the common law. That is some really powerful stuff. But uh, that is your ability to go to court and use common law. Okay, so it's protected by the Seventh Amendment. The Eighth Amendment has to do, you know, reverts right back. The Eighth should have actually been switched with the Seventh, I believe, because the Eighth has everything to do with when they come after you in court. You know, the, the Fourth, Fifth, and Sixth Amendments protect you in every way possible from false prosecution, and the Eighth Amendment has to do with bail conditions. So when they come after you, you, you have to be able to make you know, bail. It has to be reasonable. And so excessive bail shall not be required, nor excessive fines imposed, nor cruel and unusual punishment inflicted, because government does not exist to terminate man. It exists to secure rights and protect property. Article 18 of the New Hampshire Constitution says that punishment is not meant for the extermination of man, but for the reformation of man. And so punishment must be uh, applied according to the crime. Otherwise, people will feel free to do really nasty things, uh, no different than they would to do, you know, they'll steal a chicken as much as as fast as they'll cut your arm off if the punishment's all the same. So, you know, that's a comparative thing on the cruel and unusual punishment and why it's, it's written that way. The, uh, and I'm not an expert in this stuff. I mean, this is just my experience from taking it year after year and reading it. Uh, the Ninth Amendment, the enumeration of the Constitution of certain rights shall not be construed to, de- to deny or disparage others retained by the people. All right, what are the other rights retained by the people? Well, common law, Okay. I have the right to comb my hair to the left. I have the right to blow my nose. I have a right to take a leak in the woods, okay? Whatever it is that I had a right to do before the Constitution hasn't changed. Everything is protected. So all your rights, all your God-given rights ever ever written down, okay, ever, if if you can fathom it, if it's on your conscience, and that's what you believe, then that's it, okay? That is protected by the Ninth Amendment. That's the purpose of the Ninth Amendment. And the Tenth Amendment is the powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution nor prohibited by it to the states are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. And there's similar language uh, in the New Hampshire Constitution, anyway, I haven't really looked for it elsewhere, which, which uh, specifically says that the people retain all rights, and uh, all rights not specifically, expressly uh, given up. And so, you know, all this is in place to protect you and your rights of common law. So this is the kind of stuff I was teaching before I even hooked up with Carl, and, uh, and I saw what Carl was doing, you know, instead of getting the government, instead of putting redress petitions in and trying to get the government to do things for you, why not just take whoever it is that's causing you harm, injury, or loss into court and seek compensation man-to-man and just get it over with? You know, if everybody knew how to take one man to court and get that $1,700 uh, 
that you know that he cost you, or even two hundred and eighty dollars. Let's say you know the, the, your loss totals two hundred and eighty dollars. You take the guy to court and you say, Bob, listen, I you know you're the fire marshal. You shut me down for a day because I didn't have a rubber stopper behind my door to hold the door uh, to release the door in case there was a fire, or you know whatever the ordinance is. Okay, so he shut you down and he cost you a, a business day. And that was, you know, typically you make $280 a day, so you take them to court for that. I don't know if that's justified or not. I'm just using it, and it might even be a bad example. But, you know, if you've got somebody like that, that you take to court and you get compensation for the loss that you had, when his wife writes out a check, she's going to slap him upside the head and say, don't do anything stupid like this again, all right? And, and that is how you get a grip on government. It's not by... You know, marches on fucking Washington, D.C. That's retarded. Okay, you get control over your government by getting control over the people that are your neighbors and, and causing them to, be, to act responsibly and not to do anything that causes harm to man. You know, and, and you just seek compensation, true and just compensation. If it costs you $280, don't be going after the guy for 1300 Okay, just seek proper and just compensation, and and you'll you'll change the world. I can't believe I'm talking so much tonight. You guys still there? <laughs> yeah, I'm multitasking. I'm at work, so I'm just I was I just listening. I appreciate it. Thanks. No problem. I got some friends on here that I haven't I haven't talked to in like ten years, <laughs> and uh, I'm sure they're wondering. <laughs> that's yeah, awesome there? hearing you. Is it? <laughs> hey Debbie, come on up. If you're on the phone, just uh, unmute yourself and say hi. You don't have to talk about anything. Just. Uh... I don't know if she's still on here. Yes, on on your loss, injury, and harm, the amount of dollars is called the damage. The amount of dollars to injury, loss, and harm is the damage. Okay. This is Dave on Delaware. Hey, Dave. A.K.A. the No Tax Man at DMV, which stands for Delaware, Maryland, and Virginia, not the Department of Motor Vehicles. <laughs> awesome. Repeat that again. Give me that website again. It's my email address. is notaxman at dmv.com. Cool. Yeah, it's all about the words. And, well, it's not, you know, it's not all about the words. I, I really shouldn't say that because... Um, you know, if, if you go to my YouTube channel, I, you'll see where I interviewed uh, Brian Bonner. And, you know, I should have videotaped it instead of audio, but, you know, you can hear it. You know, here's a man who, who does not – he's not completely literate, okay? I mean, he, he he's a handyman. He, he learned how to make a living young by just working with his hands, doing things. He's enjoying life. There's nothing wrong with this guy whatsoever. And he went to court, and he was just looking for whoever was making a claim. 
you know, I don't understand what you guys are doing. I, you know, I, I barely got, you know, got through school and whatever, and uh, I, I don't know what you guys are doing. Who's making a claim? And it, it was just hilarious talking to him because he totally gets it. He doesn't know what the right words are. He just knows that if there ain't somebody in that court making a claim, then I've got no reason to be there. End of story. You don't need to know nothing else. And he understands that. And so I really shouldn't say it's all about the words. But if you're going to engage uh, in any kind of, you know, if you're going to make your own claim, he was on the defense. And it's a whole lot easier being on the defense than it is to be on the offense. On the offense, you better know what you're doing. You better know how to write. You know, if you want to make a claim, you better know how to do that. Um, but uh, if you're, you know, if you're on the on the offense, if you're looking, if you're seeking compensation for something, you, you need to know how to write. You need to know how to put a claim in, how to serve somebody with a summons, and and have that, you know, have that whole process. Uh, one thing that was kind of neat is uh, most of the people that I've worked with, the process that the courts use in their area is that you put in a claim and you uh, put in your notices, load the case up, get your case all ready with notices and everything else after you file your claim and get your, your case number. And once your claim is complete and it's all set, you seal it up, uh, you put a notice to seal the case until the jury has a chance to hear it, and then you serve it upon the other side. Well, in Minnesota, you don't do that. In Minnesota, you... You write out your claim, and you go to the sheriff's department, and you have it served on the other side. Then they give you an answer, and you take your your claim and the answer to court because now there's a controversy. The other man did not attempt to settle privately, so he, there's a controversy. So uh, I think that's way better. I think it should be like that everywhere. Why go? Why have to pay court fees and filing fees? And all this other stuff, when somebody might not even know what you you know that they owe you money, you know they they, they might know that they damaged somebody's property, but they have no idea whose property it is or whatever. They left a note on the tree and said, "Look, yeah, you know, I'm sorry, I left tire ruts in your yard. You know, I slid off the road. Uh, I don't know whose property this is, but if you want me to pay for it, just contact me at this address." You know, they might have put that in a Ziploc bag and, and nailed it to a tree. And you came by three weeks later and found it. So, you know, the, the, you, you have the guy served and say, hey, you're the guy who did this, and uh, this is what you owe me, and the guy writes you a check, and, and that's it. It's all over. Why would you have to file a case with the court and pay $300 in filing fees? It's retarded. Uh, I think that's a way better way of doing things. <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, I've only worked, I don't know, with people in like five or six different states. Um, mostly throughout New England and then Minnesota. I don't know. I've, I've done stuff with other people, but it's been federal. Um, but, yeah, they, it's it's different. I, and I really, I mean, one of the reasons I'm going to Minnesota is because the, the roads are awesome. I mean, they're, they're wide open, really cool people, really well-grounded. And uh, it was just a total joy being out there driving around. And there are people on four-wheelers going yeah, I'm at a red light, and next to me in the other lane is a guy and his girlfriend on a four-wheeler. And the light turned green, he went through, went to the next light. And then, at the, at, you know, when it turned green, he went about a half a block and turned into the gas station. And and I was going to the gas station, so, we, you know, I had gotten behind him by then. Pull into this gas station, 
and he, and he got whatever he got, and uh, and he left. You know, and he went about his day. If that, you know, if he was in New Hampshire, he would have gotten arrested, and they would have confiscated his four wheeler because you can't do that stuff. You know, this is a city with lights and and you know traffic signals, and I mean, it's a, it's, this wasn't some hitville. And you know, they just leave, leave people alone over there. I, I was just so blown away by that. And then the roads over here are very tight. New England's are very you know, it was all horse and buggy back then uh, when they developed everything around here. Minnesota didn't come around till the 1880s. You know, they, 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 they didn't become a state till much, much later. And so, you know, th- by the time they developed their infrastructure, the roads had to be uh, made to accommodate motor vehicles, cars, or whatever you want to call that kind of property. So it's really cool. I, it's just a great change, and I can't wait to get out there. But I don't know where I was going with that, actually. But we've got about a half hour left. If somebody's got something they want to speak up on. Yeah, it sounds like your perfect place to live, Gus. Oh, I, I can't wait. <laughs> can't wait. I'm, I'm not going to be on. I mean, you know, once I move, it's going to be another couple of weeks or so. I'm packing up right now. I've got, uh, I've got a couple of cars uh, to sell and some other things to get rid of, and, you know, and then I'm gone. And so I'll, I'll do the show for a couple of weeks, and then um, once I get out there and get set up, I'll uh, I'll, I'll get back on. But I'll be, I mean, I'll, I'll still check in. I'll still be on Skype and doing things. I just, uh, I don't know if I'll be doing a show. I might, I mean, I might just come on for a half hour, say hi. Yeah, yeah, that, uh, yeah, we appreciate. You know, even half hour. That's great. Thank you. You're very welcome. I appreciate. I really appreciate you guys showing up. You know, it, it's. Uh, I I I remember when I first heard Carl, and I was like, "How the heck does he just keep talking and talking and talking like that?" I never ever thought that I would be doing the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> You have to have a lot of information. I don't know. You know, where do you come up with all the he talks for five hours? I don't know how he can do that. It's uh, it's amazing. Uh, I don't Life have anything to talk about. <laughs> Life experiences. Yeah. yeah, I think that's it. I think it's it's it, like Carl says. It's scary. It's so easy, so simple, but it's manifesting it in the in the diversity of our reality that makes it it's just it's so helpful to hear it from so many different perspectives you know the simplicity of it is there but the application of it is i don't know it's because it's so simple it's almost confounding there's 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 definitely a lot to learn you know there's a huge difference between between law, between natural law, constitutional law, common law, and what the attorneys deal with, which is you know, the, you know statutes, codes, codes and ordinances. Uh, every everything they do is in proper form, and everything we do is you know according to the hand of man and the way he does it, and that's it. Right. I create I create all my own paperwork. You know, I do all my own writing. Uh, yeah, I, I don't rely. I don't look at legal briefs. I don't 
give a crap about legal briefs because I don't understand it. Legal legal briefs are written in legalese. It's a language that doesn't exist in my life. Right. Uh, it's it's a language which is defined by Black's Law Dictionary. It's not it's not the words of man. I've never been compensated to to study and understand. I've never gotten a degree, so there's no proof in the world anywhere that I understand legalese. So how can you hold a man accountable in a language that he doesn't understand? They say ignorance of the law is no excuse, and I believe it. But you, how are you supposed to understand a law written in Chinese or Cantonese or legalese? You can't. You can't hold me accountable to it. End of story. Right. Well, I'm making noise. I'm going to mute out. But thanks again, Gus, for everything you've done and what you've been doing. And I wish you the best with your move to the Midwest, man. Thank you very much. If you, if you guys know anybody that's got a room for rent or an apartment to share, just to get me out there, you know, just go ahead and put put the word out because uh, I haven't re- I haven't even begun to look yet. I don't know I don't even know how to look. I, mean, I might just go out there and stay in a hotel room if I have to. Yeah, you you might just like to mention um, those those um, those towns again where you are looking. One was Saint Cloud, was it? Yeah, there's Saint Cloud, um, Malacca, and Cambridge. Basically, it's just a half hour north of Minneapolis. I just want to be out of the city. I don't want to be in the city. So anything, anything, you know, north of Minneapolis is uh, is going to be fantastic. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be in in those areas. Uh, anything at all. Any place that I can go and stay for a month and just uh, get my bearings and see where I want to land. Uh, would be would be good. Hey, Gus. Yep. Yeah. Um, are you guys still going to be making DVDs? Well, uh, Carl's Carl's supposed to be heading out to. Uh, yeah, somebody says look on Craigslist. I did. I, I've been finding some great stuff on Craigslist, uh, but nothing. I haven't. I'd rather find it through a friend, somebody that I know I can rely on. Uh, As far as the DVDs goes, uh, Carl's heading out to California. He's supposed to be leaving, and I was hoping to go with him, but I I just don't feel like it's time for me to do that. Uh, He's supposed to be leaving in the next couple of days to head to California. He's going to stop in Georgia, uh, Georgia, North Carolina, Texas, and I think Arizona on the way. So he's going to be on it. He's going to be gone at least two weeks, and and then chances are, by the time he's out there, by the time he's in California, he's supposed to spend a week in, in California making DVDs, and then on the way back, and, and you know, and, that, and that's if I understood him correctly. That, that's I'm pretty sure that's what he's doing. There's a guy out there that knows Bill Thornton, and they're going to meet and talk, and you know. Um, you know, that's totally separate from the DVD stuff. But uh, And then I guess on the way back, he's going to meet with people, you know, Indiana, Michigan, whatever. He's going to meet with some different people on the way back. So he's going to be out at least two weeks. Do you know uh, if these are going to be people he has made appointments with or 
Just yeah, kind of yeah. Talk. People who's he's looking to make appointments with people to you know to to sit and talk with them on on his way through. So he's he's planning a road trip. He's got uh, he was you know it took him three months to move from from his place in Virginia to uh, to relocate everything to the farm that uh, that he's on now. And now that he's settled in, he would he his mom's got like thirty or forty acres, so he just uh, sectioned off a, a piece of that, fenced it all up, put all his cars, his, you know, his stuff <coughs> over there. He, he had um, a trailer brought in, a construction trailer to live in, and had the electricity and the water brought into that. So he's been doing that for three months. And and he's at the point now where he can travel, so he's going to hit the road and, and go do some things. He's going to meet with well, some people. I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if he was uh, if he went to Australia um, in the you know in, in the next few months or so. Well, I'm in Illinois. What what are the chances that I mean, what does it take to get uh, a meeting with him? I don't know. What would it take to get you to come to New Hampshire to meet with me? <laughs> well, we're all the same. We're all looking for something, right? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, I, it's, I'm just asking. Well, if somebody's giving them, you know, $3,000 to meet them, you know, in Oklahoma on the way back, then he's not going to go up to Illinois, you know, just because. You know, he's, he's on the road and, you know, he's doing it because he's getting paid to do it. Nobody hits the road and just keeps driving week after week after week just because, you know, it's, you know, day after day in hotel rooms. You know, he's living, you know, on his mom's farm. His mom has, has the kids, and so, you know, they, they've been living with her for five or six years while he's been studying law. And so, you know, he, he's been hanging out with his kids, getting, you know, just doing stuff. So, you know, he's being a dad again, and you know, why would you give that up? There's got to be some reason. And, that, you know, that's the only thing that would get me to go sit with somebody in Illinois or, or, or California or whatever. You know, just, uh, I don't mind doing a couple hours of, you know, of community time on Wednesdays, but, yeah, I'm not going anywhere for free. Yeah, you know, I was just wondering if he was meeting with groups of people or individuals because they asked him to. You know, if 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 thirty people put a hundred bucks each together, and they want to have a powwow, it's no different than somebody else coming up with that same amount of money. Yeah, money's money. I mean, you know, he's on the road. He's paying for hotels and gas and all sorts of stuff. So, you know, I'm sure if you happen to be on the way, and he's been talking with you, you know, if you're one of these people that because he talks with a lot of people, so. If you if you say hey Carl you know if you're driving through here stop by and say hi you know I'll buy you lunch and we'll hang out you know if you happen to be able to get together with him at 10:43 when he's coming through town for lunch you know for breakfast or something he'll meet with you you know that's just you know I my daughter is in California and I told her I I was going to be coming out. Uh, in the next couple of weeks, and she's got all excited. And I said, but I don't know if I can visit. And she says, what do you mean you don't know if you can visit? I said, well, I'm, I'm coming out with Carl. 
Yeah, I'm going on a road trip. I mean, it, this is not just me deciding what I'm doing. This is Carl. Traveling with Carl is like traveling with Mick Jagger. You know, he's got things to do. I'm just there as part of the scenery. <laughs> you know, what I want to do is totally irrelevant. I'm there to drive with Carl and to hang out with Carl and to learn what I can learn. Uh, you know, and if I, I see, you know, if we drive by where you're going to be and you happen to be available at that time, then we'll stop by. She's like, well, just tell Carl that, you know, you guys need to stop and see me. I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> that ain't going to happen. That ain't how it works, you know. He's getting paid to be someplace, and he's going to be there. Okay. Uh, one more question. Um, yeah. Regarding uh, the phone calls, he said he would be uploading instead of doing calls. In, yeah. Uh, any progress on that? Um. He gets a lot of calls. He's he's um, every now and then he'll call me up and say, "Hey, uh, he says I'm going to call you back in, in five minutes. I'm going to call somebody and then I'm going to patch you in, just mute out and listen to the call." So I know he's taking these calls because I get to listen to him live when he's doing them, uh, and they're really good <laughs> and they're they're a blast. And he's I don't know, they're really good calls. And he hasn't released them yet. He hasn't given he. Because he can send them to me in an email, and I can post them on YouTube, you know, if he doesn't have time to do it. But um, but he hasn't released them yet, so you know, yeah, I could record those send calls on my phone, and and when I put it on speaker and I just listen to the call while I'm doing the dishes or something, it's recording. So I've got a lot of these calls recorded, but I'm not I'm not releasing them. You know, they're, they're not mine to give out. So I don't know. I don't know what he's doing with them. And then there was silence. This is email. Uh, I had muted out. What's that? Uh, thank you. Thank you, guys. I, I had muted out. I just wanted to say thank you. For... Oh, you're very welcome. The uh, It says, Vital writes, uh, Gus's email for donations and puts my email on there. Grayersk at gmail.com, which you can find on my website. Uh, if you look at uh, my website, redressfordummies.org, you'll see a button that says About Gus, and then there's another one about Carl and about Mo and Sherry and so on. And uh, my email is there, but uh, you got to go to PayPal and use that. And that's why I put the PayPal button on my website. So if you want to donate, um, you know, compensate me for services, whatever you want to call it. I don't care what you call it because when it comes time for any kind of discussion like that, it's always going to come down to the fact that it's property. It's mine. I own it. I gave up some value for it, and that's all there is to it. So, uh, yeah, there's a donate button on my website. Just click on that, and and that'll take that'll it'll pop up on PayPal. Some people said they've had a problem with it, and I don't know if they had a problem using Internet Explorer or using um, Google or Firefox. So try a different browser. But you know, I, I get three or four dollars here and there, you know, every now and then. So I know the button's still working. Yeah, I, I've tried um, twice giving to Mike. Um, for some reason, it, it just hasn't isn't 
working. So, you know, something you guys might think about is uh, creating a skill box so that people can actually then be checked. That would be awesome. Yeah, well, Kai's got a P.O. box. Yeah, you, yeah, you can Carl, get a yeah. Whole, yeah, Carl's got a P.O. box. Let me give you that. Um, yeah, I, I know. That's on his website. So I'm talking about you and Mike. Yeah, well, I I don't have a P.O. box yet, um, and I'm not giving out my mailing address because I, uh, I use my mom and dad's mailing address for my mail because it, uh, it, it allows me to go to their house all the time and get my mail and say hi. Otherwise, I wouldn't be a, a very good son, and I'd be <laughs> I wouldn't spend much time over there. So uh, I, I keep their addresses mine. But Carl's P.O. Box is Box uh, 440, Lexington, Massachusetts, uh, I'm sorry, Lexington, Virginia, 24450. And uh, that's still his current P.O. Box. So I don't know how much longer it'll be his P.O. Box. So the date today is, is uh, August 12, 2015. I would... I would check and verify that P.O. box after September 1st because it's just a matter of time before he's got no reason to be going to Lexington. He's he's a half hour north of there. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he changes that in the next couple of weeks. And I, I don't know if Mike's got one. Mike, are you on here? No, I don't see Mike. Uh, no, I know Mike's got a website. If, if somebody's got his website... Um, Go ahead and just uh, tell us what it is. Common law. T-A-L-M? Yep. Okay, so just like his Skype, uh, his Skype uh, account, calm, call C-A-L-M-I-N-L-A-W. Dot com I'll or dot What is it? I'll, I'll I'll get the link. I'm just getting the link now. Okay. Oh, Mike, Vital says Mike does have a P.O. box. M.G. Miller-1973 at hotmail.com. Says he's got a PayPal button, too. Cool. Yeah. Callmanlaw.com. Yeah. Calm, like relaxed. That's it. Yep. All right. Well, we got six minutes left. Anybody got something you wanted to ask about or talk about? Uh, hi, God. Hello. Hey. Hello. Hi. Hi, sir. Akula uh, was talking about me about the bankruptcy, and I have right. a question for you. That, uh, how you know that a, a court order is a valid order? Because uh, all the court order that I have, it doesn't have a judge with ink signature. Okay. Uh, find out. Go to go to the court and say and ask them. You know, uh, ask them for a copy of the court order that has the judge's signature on it. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, the other thing is is to verify that. Yeah, I believe that a judge's signature has to be on an order for it to be a valid order. But there's also other things. There's, you know, in some states, 
an order is not an order without the seal of the clerk, you know, the, the physical seal, not just a rubber stamp. So there, you know, you, you got to look up the requirements of a valid order in bankruptcy court to know what it needs because that's, that's where you're going to find it. Yeah, I, uh, I find that the uh, judge signed it, Robert signed it. He signed the uh, computer, but he didn't use the red ink. And the court clerk put a stamp, but under a stamp, a secretary or somebody else signed it. It's not signature of court clerk. Okay, well, like I said, go, go to the court and ask. Just uh, you know, ask them, ask them to verify. Uh, just let them know. You know, I, I require to know the law on valid court orders and and what makes them valid, and where do I find this? And they will tell you uh, where to look in the books, in the statutes, the codes, whatever, where it explains the, those ingredients uh, that need to be part of the court order for it to be valid. And another thing is that they give my husband a partial judgment. He was not part of my bankruptcy. And he was uh, under the exemption of the husband and wife by tenants by entirety. And even it passed about, uh, the statute of limitation, they ignored that. And they uh, they void that uh, plan, what is his exemption, and they give him a partial judgment, and based on the partial judgment, they wasted um, the title to the trustee name. And trustee has a name on it, but when we ask who is the creditor, they don't have any creditor. It's the assumed creditor, not the valid, because I went through all the legalists. I gave them the notice of dispute affidavit, and I gave them the non-response certification and the default judgment, summary judgment, everything. And nobody was there that was a, as a creditor. But trustee uh, did a breach of contract, breach of duty, and forgery, everything in order to get a hold of my house and put it on for sale. And they put it on sale. For example, they evict me by the uh, federal U.S. Marshal, Gunpoint, and uh, after that, they give two weeks for the buyer to send the contract. You must, they you, must con you must live in Washington D.C. In Virginia. So, but are you are you not in Washington D.C.? No, Virginia. So why would the federal marshals come over? They don't have jurisdiction. And they said that it is a federal court, and for this reason they use the U.S. Marshal. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. Um, yeah, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah, I mean, and, that's yeah, fine. But I, I thought the sheriff, the sheriff must have been there anyway. Yeah, but the sheriff was not uh, involved. The, everything was through the U.S. Marshal. They got the order, and they got the U.S. Marshal involved. They evict yeah. me, and uh, based on the partial judgment that they gave to my husband, they don't have an even judgment for me. They try two times after, after they evict me, to they try to get a summary judgment for me, and they still don't have it. And they say that they have a contract, and on the contract mm -hmm. they were submitted to the court is no wet ink. Not the buyer signed it, not the trustee signed it. 
And they yeah, say that uh, this is a, a no check uh, uh, attached. And they say this is a contract and we have evaluated the buyer and we're going to sell it on 21st of August. Yeah, you, there's, you're dealing with the statutory courts and there's a whole lot of stuff that you can do there. And mm-hmm. it sounds like you've been watching a lot of YouTube and, and learning from a, a variety of different people. And yeah. that's okay, but uh, you, you can't do what all these different people are telling you to do on YouTube. You can't, you can't do what Bob says and then do what Sally says and then do what Margaret says and then do what Frank says. You, you can't yeah. mix all that stuff together. You yeah. have to decide one big picture. And the problem is, is, is by the time you need to figure it out, you're out of time. And so yeah. it becomes very difficult to, to do that. Yes, um, when I started, I didn't know anything about the law, nothing. No, and for yeah. this reason, yeah, I learned step by step. I go through the FDCPA, who's the creditor, who's the debtor, whatever. And I uh, find out that I don't have a, a, a creditor have you, uh, because it's unsecured. Been, it's unsecured. Have, yeah, have, have you been to the website, um, hisadvocates.org? No. I would, I, if you're going to follow anything, I would go there. HisAdvocates.org. Could you please explain it for me? H-I-S. Mm-hmm. Advocates. A-D-V-O-C-A-T-E-S. Dot org okay. or dot com or something like that. You, you can do a, a Google search for it. It'll pop up. They've got okay. extensive material on foreclosures. Okay. And, but uh, how can I like check on this trustee? That they, the trustee is a problem. That no, I the, trust, that the I... trustee. No, no. Listen, the trustee is not the problem. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm telling you right now, the trustee is not the problem. He is bound by statutes to do things, and he's going to do them. Uh, what you have to figure out is how to, you know, what law causes the trustee to act in one way or another. So once you figure that out. Uh, the trustee will do what you believe he should do because you're going to have the law. And one of the things that you really need to look at is a B12 form. I mean, a B10. Yeah. And bankruptcy, the, the letter B, like boy, B10. Right. Look up right. a B10 form. It's a it's mm-hmm. an affidavit that, that you can require the uh, you can require the the creditor to bring forth the debt and verify the debt in open court under oath or affirmation. And okay. there's a lot more to it, but it starts with a B10 form. You know, that's where you need to start. But I'm not that familiar with statutory stuff. You know, this is just, yeah, you know, I'm just telling you what I've heard from other people. I've never used a B10 form. Uh, you know, I've never been, I've never, you know, been through the statutory process that you're going through, and yeah. you know, this is just stuff I've heard. So, you know, I, I don't have, but you know that all the stuff that you're dealing with, it all comes from common law. Okay, if somebody mm-hmm. says I owe them money, like a creditor, okay, if if Frank says I owe Frank money, then Frank needs to give me a bill. Give me a bill that you're willing to verify in open court and I will settle the debt with you. If I can't pay it off in one shot, I'll make payment arrangements. But 
you know, somebody has to verify the, the debt. I'm not going to pay Frank just because he says I owe money. And then he doesn't want to tell me why. So, you know, it, it's the same principles. The, the, the common law principles are what all these code statutes and ordinances are based on, you know, but, but there's more to it. There's a lot more to it, and it takes a lot of studying. Uh, I understand. They, what they keep them, uh, put it on the, uh, the hearsay document on my bank bankruptcy court is that they put an affidavit, and I rebut that affidavit. I said that they don't have a first knowledge, they never give me credit, they never give me money, nothing, and rebut that everything. Well, and you, even they, not, you, you, don't have to, you don't have to rebut the affidavit, okay? What you, what you mm-hmm. have to do is require the affidavit, the information in the affidavit to be... Uh, the affidavit is, is not verified. Okay, somebody needs to step into the court and give testimony under oath or affirmation and suffer cross-examination in order for the truth to be known. And until that happens, all it is is paper. It doesn't mean anything. A man has to come into court and a man has to verify the information on that affidavit. And then the man, that same man, has to be subject to cross-examination. And until you have that, you don't have testimony. All you've got is evidence. And it's false evidence. And perjury evidence is not even true evidence. Yeah, but you're not going to know, okay? In common law, you have to have a man come in and testify, and all their rules, ordinances, whatever their statutes are, I don't understand them. I don't pretend to understand them. I've got no clue what you're going through. All I know is, you know, a piece of paper has information on it, and until a man comes into court and holds that piece of paper in court and says, you know, I swear under oath or affirmation that everything in this document is true, and I verify it before God and man, okay, that paper doesn't mean anything, all right? It, mm-hmm. it might mean something in their statutory court, but as a, as a woman in their court, you still have a right to require them to verify it. And that's it, you know, because you're you're a woman. Uh, yeah, I'm a woman, and I have a right to to have all papers verified. Otherwise, it's just hearsay. Right, right. Uh, it, and it's the, something. It's something along those lines, you know. And, and just do some research, and you'll find out, you know, what's going on. Yeah, and they, what happened? I filed chapter eleven, and they converted to chapter seven, and before even they have any valid claims, the proof of anything, and even the consulate put it the, on the proof of claim paper, B10-4, that I have a first-hand knowledge. I said, I never met you. I never knew you. How do you say that you had a first knowledge? And these people never give me any credit. They never give me money. And it's a big lie, and the judge doesn't want to hear it. I, even on the proof of claim, it's a big lie. Is everything on my case is forgery. That, that's fine, but there's nothing I can do. You, you can tell me this all night long. I'm not right. going to walk into that courthouse right. you know, with, the, right. with Excalibur, the sort of justice, and correct anything. There's nothing right. I can do to help you out. All I can tell you is you, you have a right to have everything come. verified, okay. and, and you've got to figure out how to do it for yourself. you just got to keep going. You gotta, you know, it's going to be frustrating, 
And you're going to have yeah. to not stop when you're frustrated. You're going to have to just keep going and going and going and going, you know, and that's it. You, you yeah. Just keep, just keep, you'll figure it out. And go to hisadvocates.org, and, and they've got a lot of good information to help you out. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. You're welcome. Take care. Hey, guys. If people want to escape from government agency harassment, they need to go to escapeharassment.com. That's Howard Griswold's research, and it absolutely does work because I have not been bothered by Internal Revenue Service since 1972. Well, I, I went to his website about three years ago, and I tried to get a hold of him, and I, I mean, I tried. I, I sent a few things out, and I never heard back. So I, I know he's an older guy. And he's, you know, he's busy and he's got things to do also. He's got life to take care of. But, um, yeah, it's not an easy place to get information from. Well, we answer all yeah. emails, and the email address is posted there at the website. Really? Okay, you, I'm sorry, did you say escapeharassment.com? Uh, yeah, get yeah. that out again. Escape, E-S-C-A-P-E, harassment, <laughs> H-A-R-A-S-S-M-E-N-T.com. Okay. And you might need strategy number one to avoid getting tricked into or falling for the appearance trap or the acceptance trap by these communist BAR lawyers. Thank you very much. I appreciate you do that. Thank you. All right. Thank you. We've been on uh, two hours and eight minutes. If anybody's out, if, if anybody's got a question on common law, I'll uh, I'll take that. Otherwise, I'm going to wrap this up. And, get back to what I was doing. You guys, it's to be followed, just a quick thing. Uh, yeah. On that lady with the, with the marshals, bankruptcy is federal, so that's why the marshals came, federal marshals. Yeah, yeah, but I still, uh, I still thought it had to be executed by the sheriff. No, it makes sense. It makes sense that it would be the marshals. I'm just, uh, I was just wondering if the sheriff was there. All right, anybody else? No, if I go back, they have to get another order in order to evict me to send a marshal again. I I have no idea. You're gonna you're gonna have to figure that out. Talk to some other people. I don't talk about that stuff here. I talk about common law. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Anybody else? All right, I'll be back uh, next Wednesday night. I'm going to do the same thing, 8.30 next Wednesday night, and we'll uh, we'll go from there, do a couple more hours, and and appreciate you guys being here. You guys have a great night. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And by the way, um, you, you can stay on after the call. When I When I shut this down, it's uh, it's not going to shut off the microphones or the computers or anything else. You guys can keep chatting as long as you wish. Yeah. No, I'm still trying to transcribe um, Mo's call from a couple of weeks ago. I'm up to a nearly hour now. So i just got another hour to do, and then I'll post it to you. Awesome. Whose call was that? Um, Mo's call on avoid, uh, avoid orders. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I was just... Uh, Mo and I were going back and forth on Skype this afternoon. He's thinking okay. he wants to come out and visit. It'd be cool to, it'd be cool to meet okay. with him and Sherry. That'd be cool. 
Excellent. Yeah. All right. Well, you guys all have a great night, and, and feel free to stay on and chat on the board and whatever, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Praise God, Gus. Thank you again. Good night. Good night.